You are listening to Rewire with Susan, the podcast where we break down concepts in software development in just a few seconds and discuss both technical and non-technical skills that will propel your journey as a developer. Ready, set, go. Here's your host, Susan. Hello, welcome to another Tuesday filled with some tech goodness spoken in plain English. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking about web security. So in case you have not noticed, which is quite odd because it's hard not to have noticed, in modern browsers, we have a really fun guy called JavaScript. And with JavaScript comes the ability to basically flex. And when I mean flex, I mean JavaScript allows dynamic and interactive experiences for the user. Instead of rendering information alone with JavaScript, you can execute a piece of code on the browser. You can manipulate the DOM using JavaScript. If you want to change the outlook of your page, your fonts, images, and what have you, that can easily be done um, using JavaScript. Um, You can make asynchronous requests to the server from the browser. We also now have multimedia support. Okay, not now, it has been there for a while, but we have multimedia support. For example, a browser can play videos using HTML um, video tag. And there's also the geolocation feature, which allows the web page to determine where you are physically. So if I wanted to trace you, um, trace where your family lives for whatever reason to pay them a visit, I could send you to a website and get that information. Not that I ever intend to do that, um, but I know that some particular people might want to do that. Anyway, I know someone listening may not be able to relate, but there was actually a time where browsers did not have this feature. So you see that browsers are now more complex than they used to be. And what this means is that there would be security implications of these continuously increasing features. I mean, it's like in the real life, right? When a guy or girl is just simple, they probably have just their backpack and a few other things. I mean, they're making just enough money to get by. The chances that someone is plotting to steal from that person is pretty slim compared to someone making millions or billions, right? Now, web security is a huge deal and affects pretty much everyone. Rich, poor, young, old, businesses, and individuals could be at risk. You could literally wake up tomorrow morning, get an alert on your phone, and it tells you that you have just transferred 5,000 naira or dollars to someone when you definitely did not. Or you can have a situation where your social media accounts like Facebook or Instagram is being hijacked, literally. So now let's talk about some of these vulnerabilities. Okay, so the first one we'll be looking at is called XSS, like X for xylophone, S for Susan and S for Susan. XSS means cross-site scripting. And I know it makes more sense to have had the acronym as CSS, right? But CSS is already being used in web development and that's why XSS is being used. Now, XSS is arguably one of the most vulnerable 
um, one of the most common security vulnerabilities on the web. Statistics actually show that about 30% of websites are at risk of this attack. It happens when an attacker is able to run malicious JavaScript code onto the HTML page of your browser. Now, as long as your website can allow user input, you can be at risk of this attack. And I'll explain how in a second. So take a new website like Google, for example. You probably want to use the search box to get information of whatever you search. Now, if you, for example, enter water in the field, um, it sends you information about water, right? This is because the HTML renders the plain text that you just typed in. Now, if you decide to pass in something like a B tag in HTML with your text. Now, for those that don't know, a B tag, you know, when you put, when you use a B tag in HTML and you put some text inside, what a B tag will do is embolden the text that you have passed in. So now if you did that for a, inside a search box, like put in a B tag with some text, one of two things can happen. And it will depend on if the site has been built to take care of this vulnerability, which is XSS. The first thing that could happen is that if it has been built to take care of this um, vulnerability, it would ex escape those tags and render the text alone, which in this case is water. So it will escape those tags and give information about water. However, if it has not been built to take care of XSS, it will render water in bold text. <laughs> and this right here is our problem. Now, of course, if you're just passing in water in bold text into the input field, this doesn't necessarily do any harm to anyone apart from, I mean, those that have something against seeing water in bold text. <laughs> but the problem is now when a script tag is being used. Now, let me explain why this is a problem. When a script tag is encoded in an HTML page, it's like two bros that have a PS5 date. One of them is like, yo, what's up, my G? I see you. Let's do this. And the other bro is like, yo, my man, we're born for this moment. And they get to play in the game. This is kind of the relationship between a HTML tag <laughs> and a script tag. Now, once the HTML tag spots a script tag, it automatically runs anything that is in it. So if an attacker had a malicious function in the script tag called do something terrible, this function called do something terrible could do different things like taking the current user session by stealing their cookies. Now, a cookie is something that contains information about you as a user when you visit a site, as well as authentication information for the site, such as your username and password. If an attacker steals these cookies, they can use it to impersonate you as the user and gain access to your account and your information. Also, the function do something terrible could also mean changing what shows up on the particular web page to show something offensive and possibly 
automatically hijack that website. It could also mean a bunch of malicious things as well. Once this function is entered in the script tag and passed as user input on the page, it executes and that user or that site has just become a victim. So let's talk about some of the ways to prevent this security issue. One thing you always want to do as the builder of the product or software application is to never, read my lips please, never, actually hear my lips because you can't really read it right now, but whatever, never ever trust any user input, no matter what. You know, assume all data is from an untrusted source, whether it's user input in forms, through cookies, emails sent, or files or images uploaded on your on your web page. You know, anyone, literally anyone could be an attacker. So basically what I'm saying is you need to have trust issues when it comes to user inputs, right? And this also applies to authenticated users as well. So the fact that a user is authenticated on your application does not exempt them from being an attacker. So what do I do to double check user inputs, right? First of all, you want to filter and sanitize user inputs on arrival. What does this mean? Once it is received by the app, so let's say your user is able to come to your application and they can enter water, for example, they can search for water or they can add their um, information, maybe to register for something on your website. What you want to do is to, to filter it, to prevent it from being used for malicious purposes. And one of the ways to do this is by something called escaping, like from the escape room, escaping. So if you want to prevent, for example, in the example, we, I mean, in the example we gave, for instance, in the example we gave earlier, if you wanted to prevent do something terrible um, that I mentioned earlier from running, you would need to escape the script tag. Escaping in this case basically means encoding it so that it is not interpreted as JavaScript. You might also need to escape HTML javascript and css and urls as well now this process of escaping can be done manually but it might be worthwhile to do it automatically by using a web development framework frameworks like react angular view already have the ability to do this inbuilt another thing you want to do is to use appropriate response headers now, to prevent excesses in HTTP responses that are intended to contain HTML or JavaScript, you can use the content type or X content type options headers to ensure that the browsers interpret the responses in the way you intend. Now, let's talk about another one. It's called CSRF and it means cross-site request forgery. Now, anybody hearing forgery can already tell that this is bad news, right? <laughs> forgery, as we know, basically means copying or imitating, and it's usually associated with fraud. Now, this particular security issue happens as a result of the like trusting nature of browsers, and it takes like advantage of the cookies that are passed along with requests from your browser. 
you know, I've talked about what cookies are earlier. Now, consider a user that is just logged into his banking app <laughs> or his banking website, right? What the attacker needs from this guy is to click a link that is similar to one of the ones for transferring funds from his account. And because, like we mentioned earlier, forgery, the attacker has already modified this link to transfer the money to himself instead. <laughs> so to make the user oblivious of what's going on, he can embed this link in an unsuspecting image or a tempting clickbait about Elon Musk or Kim Kardashian and send to he this innocent user's email. This is where the problem is. If the user opens that email and decides to see what's up with Elon Musk or his bestie Kim Kardashian, by clicking on that link, he is literally done. The transfer of the money out of his bank will be authorized. And if you're wondering why, it's simply because he has already logged into the bank app and does not need to re-log in. Because the link that he made use of is going to make use of his current um, cookies because he is logged into the app. Remember that CSRF takes advantage of the takes advantage of the user's cookies. So the attacker is basically able to get the money he or she requested just just like that you see why this is a big deal this is one of the ways people easily get scammed of their hard-earned money who is vulnerable to this kind of attack now if your server in this case an example would be the bank server if this server looks to the cookie alone that your username and password information to authenticate and authorize requests, you know, we talked about authentication and authorization last week. Authentication is basically giving you access to the system where authorization gives you permission on what you can do. So if it's a bank app, authorization might mean something like sending money to someone else um or transferring money out of an account into another account within the same app you know things of that nature or things like that so to prevent this you typically as the app builder want to take advantage of an extra extra layer of verification and security to give to the user and with a vulnerability like CSRF, the, one of the most common ways to prevent this kind of attack is by making use of a CSRF token and it's typically generated in an unpredictable way as an extra layer of security. Uh, it's also disposable so you can use them more than, you can't use them more than once and an example would be, I mean for people that use banking apps in Nigeria and other countries, you have this pretty common, it's normally a sometimes four digit number, six digit number sent to you to automate your requests. Another thing you want to do is validate the request origin. Now basically this means determining two things. First of all, you want to determine where the origin is coming from, right? Where the request is coming from, rather. You also want to determine where the request is going to. And this is usually checked at the server side. So if those origins match, meaning that if the origin from where the request is coming from matches where the request is going, then the 
request is accepted however if they don't the request is discarded now that will be all i'll take you guys through for this week's ex- episode i know this was a lot to take in so i'll give you some time to process and you know think about this and you know just um, take it all in i hope you see how important it is to keep web applications and sites secure next week i'll take you through some other security vulnerabilities so stay tuned also there is a form on the show notes and it's basically for you to share feedback about this podcast and this episode or anyone you've listened to before if you have um it's a pretty short form it won't take up to five minutes to fill so please (laughs) take five minutes out of your 24 hours today to fill the form um remember also to leave a review or comment about this podcast if you're listening on any podcast player it would greatly help the visibility of the show so that others can learn as well till next week i remain your host susan i'm signing off in italian today pace Head over to rewirewithsusan.com to catch up on all episodes. Remember to subscribe to your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show. If you have questions, rants, or suggestions, send an email to hello at rewirewithsusan.com or DM at Sue Hastings on Twitter. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.